Play this game like I'm Kobe. And since I think I'm Kobe, my bitch don't like to know me. This is for them niggas that be thinking they Kobe. Hey, 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 hey. It's the P. Motherfucking baby. And I'm back. Bitch. And I'm here to record a podcast, you know, given the time that it is. It's Tuesday, January 28th. 10.34 West Coast time, Pacific time, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And I'm finally sitting down here to record my dedication to Kobe Bryant podcast. Um, honestly, I didn't plan on doing a podcast to talk about Kobe. And it's not for a lack of respect. It was more of that I had so much respect for Kobe. And this event actually affected me so much that I kind of didn't plan to talk about it. And then as somebody who's not in the clout chase, and I was like, I feel like this would be a clout move to talk about Kobe. But then at the same time, I had somebody say, hey, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about this. And I'm like, oh, shit. I do have a platform. I do have a responsibility to speak on this because it made me feel some type of way. And if me... Letting other people know how I'm dealing with this, how I'm getting through this, how it made me feel, makes them feel better, then I have a responsibility to pass on my thoughts to them. And by them, I mean you all. So I took some time to start writing out my thoughts and figuring out what I was going to say, where I was going to go. And honestly, I didn't know what to do with it because... When it first happened, man, I was laying on my couch like I typically do on Sunday mornings. I get a text message with the TMZ screenshot, and I, my immediate response is fake news. Like I looked it up, and I didn't see anything. I typed in I typed in Kobe's name, and the only thing I saw was was um, LeBron passing Kobe. And I'm like, yeah, bro, this ain't, ain't nobody even talking about this shit, man. And then the response I got was, well, what if it's not? And I wasn't even prepared to think about what it was if it was not. Because in my mind, it was fake news. Like, it didn't happen. So, I just was like, scary and sad if it's true. And then... The response is, yeah, there's a bunch pouring in right now. I'm like, sad day, man. And maybe his daughter's too. That's tragic. And the response was, that's tragic. And then after that, in that particular thread, it was kind of left alone. Then I talked about it in a couple of other threads. And it was one of those things that, yeah, man, this shit's sad as fuck. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But luckily... I'm going to say luckily for me, and maybe this is selfish, I ended up isolating myself that day. 
on Sunday, you know, I talked to one of my really close friends from L.A. who who he hadn't it hadn't even like hit him for real, for real. And I haven't talked to him since then, like uh, via voice. I haven't asked him how he's dealing with it because I don't really want to ask him right now, because if if I cried a couple of times, I can't imagine what somebody who's from that city is going through. So I can't I just and I don't want to bring that up. I don't want to be the person who triggers somebody's, you know, traumatic event. So I end up spending the majority of Sunday hanging out with a friend and like we were just talking about life. We're talking about history, politics, work. We're just talking about a whole bunch of different random stuff. So because of that conversation, the Kobe thing popped up like once or twice, but we didn't like delve into it though. And I'm really happy that we didn't because it was a, it's not a conversation I was really trying to have, especially at that time. And it allowed me to spend all day Sunday acting as if it never happened. But eventually, you know, time came around and I had to accept it. I had to look it in the face and say, oh, wow, one of the icons of my lifetime, one of my favorite basketball players to watch, to emulate, to even hate on, <laughs> has passed away. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I had to, I had to accept that. And even then, Sunday night when I got home, like, I was not on social media. If it was not a DM, I wasn't talking. And even to a lot of my DMs, like, I didn't respond to my DMs because I didn't want to open the Instagram app. So, like, I ended up watching The Simpsons. And then I wake up I wake up Monday morning, and I'm like, fuck it. I got I, I to gotta watch the sports shows, man, because it is what it is. It's happened. I got I to gotta accept it. I got to move forward. And then, like I said, midday Sunday, I get the message about, hey, I'm looking forward to, hear, to hearing what you have to say. So at that point, I'm like, you know what? I want to take in some more stuff. I, I don't want to write this in a vacuum. Because a lot of times I like to write in a vacuum. But for this particular thing, I didn't want to write it in a vacuum. I wanted to listen to other people's perspectives, what they had to say, their different spins. And not that I'm going to take what they have to say. Because if you know me, you know, like, I only steal from my ghostwriters and I shout them out. I, I just didn't really... I just wanted some direction. And then it brought me to the first question of that I asked myself, what is your responsibility when you have a platform? You know, what are you supposed to speak on? What are you supposed to, like, let live, let die? What are you supposed to do? Because oftentimes I think I, I speak on things on here that I'm passionate about, you know, but they're not things that, I get so emotional about that. It's like I don't even. I, I care about this topic so much that I don't want to talk about it because it makes me feel so much. And that's the weird thing about this topic. It was the, talking about COVID. This is the first time I've ever I've ever been hurt by a celebrity dying. It's the first time I've ever cried over somebody who I did not know passing away. There are people who I knew and had intimate relationships with that passed away, and. It didn't hurt me as much, maybe because I had put so much into those relationships that I, I was able to accept that they were no longer in my life because what what our what God had for us 
to be to each other came full circle. And I firmly believe that if you pour everything into something, into a relationship, into into your life, when it's over, you don't walk away with regrets. So this one was a little bit different because, I mean, I, there's not much I can pour into a relationship with somebody that I know, that I don't know, excuse me, but to lose them when you're not supposed to lose them, it's like, yo, I don't know. But then to see people who had personal relationships with Kobe, people who knew him, people who talked to him, it's like if you can get out here and talk about it and you can embrace the mama mentality of, hey, you have a responsibility to be the best at what you're doing right now, who the hell am I not to? I'm like, yo, you got a pod. And I was on a pod last night and I put it off and put it off and I just didn't do it. But it... I'm happy I didn't because I was able to go back through my notes and 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 find and just fine tune some of the stuff I wanted to talk about. So it wasn't an emotional pod because hey, it may get emotional. I doubt it, but it could get emotional, and I, that's the last thing I want to do. I don't want to come on here and get emotional. I want to be here even keel to talk about these things. Excuse me. So. The first thing I kind of want to focus on is just like, I want to focus on his life and legacy. And it's not going to be a heavy basketball podcast where I talk about all the great things he did on the basketball court. We know that stuff. We've talked about that stuff. We talked about it while it happened. We talked about it after he retired. And and, and when we had these conversations about who's the greatest ever, this, this comes up in that conversation every time. So, like, I'm not going to beat you over the head with things you already know. But what I do want to provide is my perspective on the life of Kobe Bryant. Long, long, uh, you know, Shannon Sharp made one of the 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 most the most uh, one of the best points talking about Kobe is, and I'm not gonna try to quote him. I'm just gonna take from what I gather from what he said and and kind of. Make it my own, like I typically do. We like to quantify life in years, but your life is really about what you accomplish in the time that you're given. And for some people, it may take the typical 60, 70, 80, 90 years to make that impact. And others, it may take less. And selfishly, we want people to be here for as long as we want them to be here. Like, you know, we really want them to be here forever. But that's not always in God's plan. God's plan. God, I can't even fuck around and do that shit right now like I normally would. But, that, it, like, we can't. And, and... But we have to look at life as what do you accomplish in the time that you're given? Because you don't know how much time you're given. So what you have to do is you have to maximize the time that you are given in life to be the best that you can be. And if there's one thing that we all can agree about Kobe Bryant is he took the time that he was given, the 41 years that he was given to maximize himself 
was there was as a basketball player for the majority of the life that we saw. And then post his career becoming the best father he could be, the best mentor that he could be, the best venture capitalist that he could be, the best leader of a multimedia company that he could be, the best mogul that he could be, the best person that he could be. That's what he did. And he accomplished in his 41 years way more than most of us will accomplish in 82 years. We could have twice the life that he had. And we won't accomplish as much. And we also won't have the impact, the touch, the reach that he had. Some of that is not for us. Everybody's not here to be great. And everybody asks, why do the great die so young? Well, I think it's to inspire us. It's to leave them in our memory because, you know, when you lose something or something leaves you kind of when you expect it to, you don't really feel it. You prepare yourself for it. And when it happens, you go, ah, yeah, that makes sense. But when you lose something, you lose someone who you care about, who makes you feel before you expect to lose that person or that thing or whatever it is, it makes you feel. It makes you think. It sticks in your brain so that every time you find yourself in a situation and you think about that person and you think you can't push any further, you don't have anything left. No, 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 no. You remember them. You think about Kobe. You think about the Mamba mentality. And you push harder because you go, you know what, man? I remember when Kobe dropped that 81 on Jason, on not Jason, on Jalen Rose. I remember when he had the 60 piece and three quarters, and they said, do you think you could have got 80? Oh, yeah, I'll do it again. You know, I'll get another chance. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that That's what drives home. Kobe's life, okay, is going to mean more to us because we've lost him now than it would if we would have lost him at 82. Losing him at 41 is going to make us appreciate him more because we lost him at a time where we never thought that we would. But life is all about your accomplishments. I remember one of the early episodes, actually episode 17 <laughs> of my podcast, I talked about being so good that they forget the bad. All of us have flaws. All of us has done this and that. But you want to be so damn good at what you do that they don't think about the bad shit. And when they think about the bad shit, they don't want to believe the bad shit. And even if they want to believe the bad shit, they want to come up with every excuse for why you did some bad shit. And they want to frame it in a way that the shit that you did wasn't even bad. All right? And that's what Kobe's done. He has added so many chapters to his book that when we go back and read the book, we skip a few chapters. We do. And we're okay skipping those chapters because we know that what the conclusion that we draw from the end of the book is going to lead us to where we're trying to go. It's going to give us the direction that we need. It's going to give us the information and the knowledge that we want to become better people. He is truly a role model. 
And because of his flaws, he's a better role model than anybody who you meet who can't tell you about the bad days, the low times, you know. Uh, 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 a mountain is nothing without a valley. So, so just briefly, I don't want to hear the relitigation of, of Colorado. I don't. I don't want to hear about that shit. Because what you people do to relitigate the dead, to come talk about stuff, about bad stuff about people after they've passed away, I don't want to hear that. And I'm not trying to dismiss it. I'm not trying to say whatever happened. You know, things happened. It is what it is. And and I'm not saying right, wrong, or not. No. We let the system, we let the system do what it did, and whatever happened is what is the truth to me and is what's going to be the truth to me and to try to bring this up at a time where people are mourning someone's death is disgusting and I read an article on the root that kind of said hey we can't tell people when not to be offended by no 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 fuck that I can tell you to shut the fuck up because if you done shut if you've been quiet for 10 fucking years and you decide when a motherfucker dies you want to start talking shit no I can say fuck you shut the fuck up where the fuck was you at yesterday? Why the fuck did you wait for this shit to happen? Why are you going to throw this in the face of the loved ones of the people grieving? If you really cared that much, what's the difference between today and yesterday? Were you scared to face that person? I have my questions. But more importantly, the biggest thing I want any and all of you who listen to this podcast to gather from this is pray for Vanessa. Pray for his remaining three daughters because they're here living without a husband, without a daughter, without a sister, without a dad. Pray for them. If you do nothing else, just pray for them. I mean, they're financially okay. You ain't got to worry about the bills getting paid and shit, you know. But pray for them because they lost two very significant people in their lives. They lost two people in their house. Like, they, they got to go back to a house with pictures, clothes, shoes, smells, towels, anything that's going to bring back memories of these two people who they loved. And they're never going to see them again. They're going to have to deal with so much stuff on the on, on, on the outside, on the inside. All I'm going to ask you to do is pray for them. We know they can get the best therapy in the world. That, but I just want you to pray for them because I think there's some things that God can do that therapy will never do. I just want you all to pray for them. I'm praying for them. I'm going to continue to pray for them because... They need us. So for Kobe's immediate family, pray for them. But especially those who were in his household, pray for them. For his immediate friends, close friends, pray for him. They need it. His friends, hell, his enemies, the people who he, 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 who he touched directly, pray for him. And for those of us who've been indirectly touched by him, 
we all need prayer because this is a time where we're mourning. Like, in my lifetime, there's been, there hasn't been a bigger legend die at a more unexpected time ever. Yes, I was alive to, for Michael Jackson's passing away. He was in his 50s, and he was no longer, he was no longer, he was getting ready to tour, but he was no longer actively singing. And not that Kobe was still actively playing, but only three MVPs in NBA history have passed away. And Wilt and Moses Malone passed away in their 60s. And they were kind of out of the limelight. Well, I don't know about Wilt, but Moses was out of the limelight, out of sight, out of mind. Where Kobe is, was very much still visible. You know... And the the wild thing about this whole thing is, and this may be unpopular, but I find it just very ironic that he passed away in the way that he passed away. He passed away on the helicopter. And if you know anything about Kobe, he took the helicopter to practice. He took the helicopter to games because he chose to live in Orange in Orange County. In the Newport area, he's, he chose to stay away from all of the glitz and glam and distractions of L.A. because he had that mama mentality. He had that single track focus. So he wanted to be away from all the bullshit so he could focus on what he needed to focus on when he was at home. And at this point in his life, he was dedicated to being a great father and not just a great father, a great coach to his young daughter, Gigi. And for him to be headed to the Mamba Academy to coach Gigi and on his helicopter, a helicopter ride that he's taken many, many times from where he lived to where he was going in L.A. I just find it ironic. And I'm sure, we not I'm sure, I know that he, he didn't get on there preparing to pass away. And I'm fairly sure that people don't think about how they're going to die, where they're going to die, and say, if I die, here's where I want to die, this is how I want to do it. No. I don't think that's a common thing, but for him to die in a place where I'm pretty sure it was one of his comfort zones, him on this chopper, comfort zone, too, too, too many trips. If you're on that thing every day, twice a day at least, that's one of your, that's one of your happy places. And to be doing what he had focused on had became part of his day-to-day life, being a, a the best father that he could be, but not just being the best father that he could be, being a great coach, being a great mentor for young people. And on his way to do what he was passionate about at this next portion of his life, it's sad, it's ironic, but, you know, it. I don't know. If If I go out doing what it is that I love to do, I would hope that the people who are around me understand it 
and it and it gives them some hope. It gives them some solace. It gives them some peace to say, hey, he went out doing what he loved doing, you know. But anyways, man, I, it's it's so this shit's so crazy because, like I said earlier, man, this is one of the, this is the first celebrity death death that I felt. And it's funny because it's Kobe because throughout the entirety of my life, Kobe has made me feel. As a Kobe fan, when I was really, really young, like watching Kobe and Shaq, they were really like the first team that I fell in love with like as a kid in the NBA. You know, watching that, I was like, oh, yeah, I love it. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. But then I also took a liking to Iverson. But at the same time, like I definitely had a mini fro. <laughs> like Kobe. <laughs> And that's why I had it. Excuse me. And more importantly, talking about the way he made me feel, it's all of these feelings weren't positive. Because there was a great portion of my life where I was not a huge Kobe fan. Especially moving to my later teenage years, to my early 20s, like, I became a LeBron fan, and uh, in my brain, you couldn't be a LeBron fan and a Kobe fan at the same time because LeBron fans and Kobe fans would argue about who was better, and I was riding the LeBron train. And even before that, I was an MJ fan, which has definitely changed a lot. It's definitely changed as I've gotten older, but it was just that I was just like, no, I'm not fucking with Kobe like that. And I had so many passionate arguments, whether it was on social media, whether it was in text, whether it was in person, like so many arguments talking about Kobe Bryant. And it's amazing that in his death, I felt so much because throughout his life, I felt so much, whether it was positive or negative. I remember being in Applebee's in 2010 Rooting against Kobe Bryant to lose against the Celtics. Absolutely. I'm pulling for Paul Pierce and KG in them. Hard. And I remember I'm there with two of my two of my close friends and a and a, and, a, and an ex-girl. And it was some other people we ran into in there. And I remember this guy and this girl in the in, in, in the Applebee's, they get into it. Because they're talking about they talking about Kobe and the dude like, bruh. Kobe Mud, and for you all who don't know what Mud means, it means trash. Sorry, which obviously he never was that, but he wasn't a fan. And the chick goes, "Nigga, you Mud," and then they get into it, and he ends up getting kicked out of the restaurant because of his actions with this chick. But that speaks to this man's impact. He made people feel. He made people act. Even when people were being irrational, during his playing days, somebody, you always had something to say about Kobe. You had something to feel about Kobe. And that's wild. You had best friends arguing about Kobe LeBron, Kobe LeBron, Kobe LeBron. Now, fuck that shit, man. Fuck now. And the two of them had a relationship. And we out here jeopardizing our relationships over relation over over our love for two people who loved each other. That's wild. 
but it speaks to the impact of who Kobe was and is to a generation. And towards the end of Kobe's career, I finally came around and was like, bro, why am I hating on greatness? I've enjoyed watching this man be great for years. My pretty much entire sports watching lifetime. I watched it. I enjoyed it. Thought it was good. Was a closet fan, but couldn't publicly be a fan because of all this shit that I had talked just because I'm a contrarian, right? And, I'm fi- and I finally came around, and, I- and I'm so happy that I did. And most of you listen to this podcast, y'all have seen the Kobe rant, right? His last game when he dropped 60 points. Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, you know, 60 points. Fuck MJ, give me Kobe. Yeah, yeah, I did that on the last uh, during his last game. It was crazy, man. Because I was talking to my mom earlier today, and I was telling her kind of how this old Kobe thing, like, it hit for me. And the irony there was I was talking to her, like, the night of his last game, and I had the game on because it was the same night that the Warriors were going for their 73rd win. You really think I was watching that bullshit and it was Kobe's last game? Absolutely not. Um, and the, the, the crazy part about that was my mom was like, Oh, man, Kobe done got like 40 points. I was like, oh, look, Mom, I got to talk to you later. I got to watch the game. So then I'm watching the game, and I remember I had a word of the day read. I think the word of the day was bunyadis, and I was going to explain to the world what bunyadis was. And this was before I had a podcast. This was when I was still doing Snapchat rants. We didn't even have Instagram stories yet. I was doing Snapchat rants every, uh, every so often, and that's how I was, like, working out my comedy shit. I was working out some of my podca- my pre-podcast topics, like, hey, can I do three, four minutes on the topic? Fuck it, let's do a, 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 a Snapchat rant. And then that was, like, probably the best rant I've ever done in my life. Like, I'm just... Just saying, oh, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, fuck MJ, give me Kobe. You see these shoes right here? Kobe's. And, and I'm just going off because it was so wild to watch this man in his career and drop 60 points on them fuck niggas. It was beautiful. It was a work of art. And the way he did it, taking 50 shots, it was, bro, yeah, brother. That's Kobe I watched growing up. He went out. The way that we remembered him. And so often, our stars don't end it the way we remember seeing them. So to see Kobe end his career, the way we remember his career, and even to end his life in the way that a lot of us should remember his post-career life, it's just a testament to the person that he is, to the person that he was, and how invested he was into whatever it is that he was doing. And that takes me to his 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 his, his impact, man. You can't talk about Kobe. Without talking about the Mamba mentality. Because every time you think about Kobe, you think about the Black Mamba. You know, the venomous snake that attacks when it feels like attacking. It ain't got nothing to do with you. It's all internal. It's like, hey, bro, I won't smoke. 
And I think that was so fitting for Kobe because Kobe was like, hey, bro, nigga, I won't smoke. I'm going to bust your ass for this much. Yeah, what's happening? And I'm going to clamp you up. What's happening? What you going to do about it? Get mad? All right, bet. Cool. And that's who he was. But the Mamba mentality was so much more than that. Because it, was, it, it speaks to his work ethic. His, his one-track mindset. You know, LeBron talks about being more than an athlete. Kobe was much more than an athlete. People, all, people talk about I mean, his fluency in multiple languages, his intelligence and all of that stuff. Yeah, we know that stuff. But he was so focused on being such a great basketball player that the brand took care of itself. Many of these young guys care about building their brand as long as well as building their career in sports. I'm not going to tell you what's right or what's wrong, but here's what I can tell you. If you focus on being great at sports, the brand will come. You look at what Peyton Manning did. You look at what Tom Brady did. You look at what Kobe did. Even you look at LeBron. Yes, LeBron has, has his hands in multiple things, but none of that would be possible without being a great athlete. Being great at what you are primarily here to do. And that's what Kobe did. He was always more than an athlete, but he was consumed into being the best athlete possible. And the arrogance, the cockiness that Kobe had, to me, it was truly humility. How could someone so cocky who talked so much trash, who said they were going to be the next MJ, who, who said they were better than MJ, who's said, hey, I'm taking my talents to the NBA as a high school or as a high schooler, the first guard to go to the draft straight out of high school. How could you consider somebody like that humble? It's simple. When you have so much respect for your craft and you put in the work necessary to be one of the best people to ever do it, arguably the best person to ever do it, that's humility. So often people think they can just go out there without the work, without working hard, like they're supposed to, getting help, getting mentorship, you know. And then they may not talk a lot. They may not, say, they may not talk that cash money shit. But those people are arrogant because they think they can get by based off their natural abilities and not their hard work. So when you think about the mama mentality, you think about somebody that's so fucking humble that they're better than you naturally. And they work harder than you to ensure that they're better than you So when they, because their natural talents may wane, but they know they're going to outwork you every single day to be the very best that they can be. And, and the thing about this, this work ethic, this Mamba mentality, it's truly been immortalized because Kobe... Kobe is so interesting because the way the fans and the media talk about him are so... They're fans in the media. The players in the media talk about him are just so different. Because the media immediately, immediately 
immediately does not want to give Kobe his props as a top five or top two, top three player. But the people who played against him, the people who play the game are like, hey, 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 bro, y'all forgot about Kobe. Kobe's a killer. He'll take your soul from you. So there's something that you can't put on paper that statistics don't that don't, that don't show is what that true Mamba mentality was. Yes, it was a work ethic. Yes, it was a certain level of talent. But it was that killer instinct that he had in him that I want to put 50 on your forehead just because you had the audacity to come up to show up to work today and step on this court against me. I'm going to fucking kill you because you want to do your fucking job and provide for your family. But it was never personal. It was all business. It was, I want to be the best at what I want to do. And that's what he was. I mean, the guy was fucking obsessed. I don't know. Like, like I feel like everybody who listens to this knows about his obsessed nature. He, he the, the, the two and three hour practice sessions before practice, like people are showing up to practice or showing up to shoot around and he's already fully drenched, sweating, had a full workout, getting ready to go to regular practice, practice with the team or after a, a, a game where he wasn't satisfied with his production, going to the gym, going to the facility after the game and putting in those time, putting that work, putting in those hours just to be better than everybody else. And trying to hold team, not understanding that the people around him did not know that they could access that part of their brains that he had that he had already accessed. Like he ran off teammates because he's like, "Hey, bro, y'all niggas ain't working hard enough." There's videos out there of him going off on teammates for not practicing hard enough. When in their brain they were probably some of them may have been practicing as hard as they could, but he was so. Committed to being great. That he was blinded. He was blinded by the other people. By other people's inability to be him. Nick Young recently told a story about. About he broke his thumb in practice. Kobe was guarding him. And he didn't want to practice no more. And Kobe's giving him hell like. Nah motherfucker you ain't hurt. You just don't want to practice. You don't want to practice. And Nick like nah bro. Nigga, I, broke, I think my thumb broke. Come to find out after practice, his thumb is broke. But Kobe was so committed to being great that that shit didn't fucking matter. No. You don't want to practice hard. Be better. And, 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 you know, we talk about him being the greatest bad shot maker ever. But the reason why he was one of the baddest shot makers ever because he was one of the Best shot practicing motherfuckers ever. You can't make and take those bad shots on the regular if you don't practice them. And that's something else I want to point out. Hey, look, you can do things unconventionally. You don't have to do things the way people tell you to do. But understand, you must practice what you put out. If you don't prepare yourself to be in, these, in any situation, it's not just a basketball situation. It's not just a football situation. It's a life situation. If you want to be a public speaker, you better practice speaking in public. If you want to be a wordsmith, you better practice using words. You better tr- you better learn as many words as possible and learn how to flip those words to get a point across as easily as you can. If you like hot takes, 
But you want to make people think that you're a rational human being? You better learn how to say something crazy than dial it back down to a language that people understand and a point of view that people are willing to listen to. He truly practiced the way he played. Like Gilbert Arenas told stories about how Kobe practiced with double teams and triple teams because he had to do it in the game. So what point, what, 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 what joy, what fulfillment do you get out of being able to do something when it's one-on-one, but when it's actually go time, oh, no, it's not going to be one-on-one. It's going to be fucking one-on-three, and you got to do it, and you got to deliver. Because we remember the post-Shack years when it was bad shot by Kobe or good shot by Smush Parker. What the fuck do I want? I want a bad shot by Kobe over a good shot by most of his teammates. Unfortunate as it is, it is what it is. I mean, and even just the fact that he could shoot with both hands. Shoot. Not just finish at the basket. I mean, I feel like we all can finish at the basket with both hands, even though I know we all can't, but you should be able to. But he could shoot with both hands. He could jump off both feet. He could jump off two feet. He could jump off his left. He could jump off his right. Like, he worked so damn hard to be so damn good, so damn great, to be immaculate at what he did. It was the brilliance and the basics. It was the details. And I heard Jimmy Jackson talking this week about the difference between Kobe and a lot of other players was was not the time and effort put into the work to be to be better. It was the attention to detail. It was just the small, minute things that Kobe would harp on and work on that other people weren't willing to do. And that's that Mamba mentality. But now that he's no longer here, our, respons- our responsibility as... Kobe fans, as basketball fans, is to internalize that Mamba mentality, to apply it to our lives, to to, to put all that we can into being great at what it is that we are here to do, and then push it forward. And pour so much into what it is that we do that when we walk away, no matter how good bad, great, excellent, exceptional, terrible we are. We walk away from it satisfied because we know that we did all that we could to be to be the best that we could be, to be great. Because one of the astounding things about Kobe, and and, and, and Steve Nash is also one who falls into this category. They left the game, they retired, and it was really not something that they were on the forefront of their lives. Steve Nash got involved in, ba- in, 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 in soccer, football for you international types, you know? Kobe became a venture capitalist. He started a multimedia company. And the only thing that brought him back to basketball was his daughter Gianna, RIP to, to both of them. And people were questionable, questioned what that he was okay with LeBron passing him on an all-time scoring list on Saturday. But when you put all you can into something and you have nothing left, 
Even if you don't get your ultimate goal, you can walk away satisfied knowing that there was nothing more that you had left in the tank. And I truly think that's what Kobe did. So if nothing else, if nothing else, when we decide to pursue a career, to pursue a project, to pursue a woman, hell, to pursue a relationship, to pursue... To pursue a business venture, to read a book, anything that we do, we should do all that we can to ensure that when we walk away from that situation, no matter what the result is, we are satisfied. And and I'll tell you, there's so much more that I uh, that I wanted to get into talking about this talking about this travesty, but. I don't think there's much left. So some of the lasting thoughts that I want to leave here is, look, you clout chasers, stay away from this. I know y'all want to put y'all stamp on everything, but stay away from this one. It, 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 it hurts. It hurts more people so much more than a lot of these other things do. But y'all got to go away. Y'all have touched so many other things and, and it's hurtful to see it. But stay away from this. I don't want I don't want to hear from you. Conspiracy theorists. Shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear no goddamn conspiracy. I don't. I'm not interested in that shit. Because at the end of the day, like, what's happened has happened. We can't reverse it. But don't come here with some crazy idea that's disrespectful to this man who lost his life. The, the other eight people, to include Kobe, who lost their lives on, on this helicopter. And to their families. Don't disrespect them like that. And to the other, to the other families, my condolences. And I doubt that anybody who's affected by this will truly hear it. But but my point is, don't allow the talk of Kobe and Gianna to take away from your loss. Don't think that their loss was more important than yours because it's not. It's not because for those of you who lost these people... You all, you all grieve how you see fit, and you all are much more affected by the many of us fans out here just hurting because we lost an icon. You lost a family member. You lost a daughter. You lost a son. You lost a husband. You, you lost a best friend. You lost somebody who was near and dear to your heart. So don't think that just because they were on a, a, a helicopter with Kobe that his death is more important than theirs because it's not. Okay, and I spoke on you people who want to relitigate shit. Hey, nah, B, leave that shit alone. A couple funny things I want to throw out. Um, you know, just to speak to Kobe's impact, man. It's crazy how when niggas like used to throw a a, 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 a wad of paper in the trash can or a recycle bin for you California types, you'd be like, Kobe. You know, and for me personally, like it, it even went deeper because I remember when the natural movement kind of got popular, 
So when uh, African American women start putting chemicals in their hair, they started growing their hair out, and a lot of times they had these uh, afros. And before they got to the Frederick Douglass fro, I used to call it the Kobe, like the little short mini fro, because you know niggas used to have the little short curly mini fro. So when they would be growing their hair, I called the mini fro, the, the Kobe. But then also for the balding types of the world, when you when you're losing your hair. And you decide you want to have a, you still want to have a hairline, but you didn't, but you didn't want to um, have much hair. You be the, you have a bald hairline. You call it the Kobe. So those are three things that kind of stick out to me about his legacy uh, that put a smile on, on on my face. Let me see. Let me see if there's anything else on here that I want to that I want to get at because I think I'm ready to wrap it up. Um, we know he was a great mentor, man. He to young people. He was an ambassador for the WNBA and women's sports. I think he played in the greatest times of basketball. He came in in the mid to late 90s. He played through the entire 2000s and played through the early 2010s before the Steph Curry uh, uh, era just, like, took over with analytics. Uh, He just played some of the best basketball that we can ever see. It was nice to see how he became more open uh, with his knowledge through detail. And just his media availability and accessibility. Like, he was coming on podcasts. He was on the No Chill podcast. He was on Knuckleheads. He was on All the Smoke. And he just got to talk good basketball, man. And for his sake, for LeBron's sake, I'm happy that he was alive to see LeBron pass him on the all-time scoring list. You know, we hate that he passed away the next day. But it was nice to see him. And i tell you, one of the things that probably uh, that ate me up the most was well, you had LeBron's post, but then also there was this Bleacher Report post, man, that came out after the game of, like, LeBron and Kobe passing the torches to Gigi and Bronny. And, Reed, and like, looking at that, I'm like, yo, this is dope as shit. And then you find out hours later that that torch that was going to be passed to Gigi has died. And, and it's just really unfortunate. But I can't leave this podcast without talking about the Kobe cult. Because the Kobe cult <laughs> it, 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 it is bigger than the Lakers fan base, if you ask me. Like, Kobe fans are fucking wild. They are nuts. Like, They cared about Kobe's success more than they cared about Lakers' success. They didn't want LeBron to come to the Lakers. Like, people who said they were Lakers fans, "Uh, I don't know about LeBron coming to the Lakers. The fuck you mean you don't know about the best player in the league coming to the Lakers? That's the thing. You weren't weren't Lakers fans. You You were Kobe fans. And that just, again, tells you how influential, how impactful he has been on so many lives. When you have people who are fans of a team that has been terrible for five years who don't want somebody to come to the team and turn the team around because they love Kobe so much and they love what he meant to that city and they didn't want another great player who played with Kobe, played against Kobe, to come to their city out of fear of him over uh, 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 shitting on Kobe. Not shitting, but... But clouding Kobe's legacy, it's crazy. They wrecked the LeBron murals because they love Kobe so much. They did that. 
Kobe's fans, the Kobe cult is crazy. But shout out to him to be able to inspire a group of people to love and care about him so much that they didn't want anybody to impede on who he was. Because he meant that much to that city. He meant that much to those people. And it's absolutely, absolutely admirable. So one thing that I I, 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 did, I almost forgot about was, I'll tell you, one of the crazier basketball things, and and, and it's kind of ironic, it's unexpected, but, but just hear me out here. Remember in the 98 Western Conference Finals, Kobe had those four air balls that we talk about, which would have was which would stop him from having the opportunity to play against Michael Jordan in the 98 finals. Because if they put the Jazz out, Kobe gets to play MJ. Young Kobe, young Shaq are playing MJ in the finals. We wanted to see Kobe versus MJ in the finals. And then we think about LeBron. 2010 season, when his meltdown when he was leaving Cleveland, that we thought it was going to be a Kobe LeBron finals. And LeBron's epic meltdown stops us from seeing that. And don't get me wrong, they had epic moments against each other. You had MJ versus Kobe in the All Star games. You had Kobe dropping 55 on MJ before MJ retired. You have the LeBron and Kobe All-Star games. You have the LeBron and Kobe Christmas Day games. We have these moments. But the moments that we were looking for in both generations, separated by about 15 years, we never got to see because of one of Kobe's, you know, Series that we don't like to talk about, and one of LeBron series that we don't like to talk about. And I just find it ironic that those two are linked in that way, and now that LeBron is in LA to carry the torch for Kobe in the city. I don't think there's for for the Kobe fans who didn't want LeBron to come to the Lakers and who have an opinion about it. I don't think there's any greater great player to be in a Lakers uniform right now. Leading a first place team than LeBron James with this tragedy of losing Kobe Bryant. I don't. Because he's built for it. And he talked about it in his post that I got us. And there will be nothing more beautiful than watching the Lakers win an NBA championship and dedicate the rest of the season to Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was the first player whose career I got to watch in pretty much totality. He came in the league in 96. I was like four years old. He really started his prime in the championship years with Shaq. Uh, you know, and that's, and I remember that. I remember hating the Spurs because I was rooting for Kobe. I remember being conflicted watching Kobe versus Iverson. But I still always remember hating the Spurs because I was rooting for Kobe. Kobe Kobe battled the great dynasty of the Spurs. He won some. He lost some. 
Kobe dealt with controversy. Kobe wasn't loved by the media. Kobe wasn't loved by his peers. He wasn't loved by his, 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 his teammates, but he was respected. Kobe was a problem, whether it was on the court or whether it was off the court. He, he, he wanted to do things the Mamba way. He had the Mamba mentality. And the thing about the Mamba was you couldn't tell the Mamba shit. You couldn't. And what made him so great, it hurt him a little bit, you know. Probably fucked up his relationship with Dwight Howard because Dwight Howard wasn't focused like the Mamba was. You know, I'm sure there's other players who, who weren't able to deal with that. But at the end of the day, it propelled him to greatness. It caused a lasting impact on the entire fucking world. I was talking to a friend that I met in Bahrain, and she was telling me that Kobe was one of her dad's favorite players, right? Somebody who's not even American. His touch just was so large. And as he, just as a basketball player, but then as the elder statesman for the league and the elder statesman for the game, just as a, as a human being, his ability to focus and be great at it, whatever it is that he put his mind to, is something to be marveled at. It's something to be envied. And if there is nothing else that we can take from the life of Kobe Bryant, it should be that we focused on being so damn good. We focused on being so fucking great that they don't even care about the other shit. Big baby app.